Good. Well, it's lovely to be here. I'd like to add my welcome to you. You know, August is always a bit of a funny month in church life, isn't it? Never quite sure how many people are going to be around. And uh, when I was asked to preach on the middle of Sunday in August, I thought, great. The graveyard slot. <laughs> Everybody's going to be away. Uh, you know, is it worth putting much effort in? But actually, hopefully you'll be pleased to know. I'll put a little bit of effort in. And you realise, actually, it doesn't matter who, who's here, how many people are here. I mean, it's wonderful to see so many people here. I'm really excited. Uh, but actually, we also have a heavenly host with us, joining with us, worshipping, glorifying God. We've experienced that this morning. We have been caught up with them. I think it's been a wonderful morning already. The words we've had, uh, the, the worship, just our time of fellowship together has been extraordinary. So I almost feel like I don't need to preach because we are in the presence of God. But God's uh, laid this on our, our heart. We've been working through the book of Galatians. Um, we're coming towards the end. Um, so if you've not uh, been here over the previous uh, weeks when we've been looking at this, they um, are all available online. We've had a wonderful series looking through this, this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. We're on the penultimate chapter. Uh, and again, when I, when I got this passage, I was excited because these are some good verses. Uh, some that I'm really excited about. I love them. Um, so let's read them first, and then we'll see what God has to speak to us about. That's Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. It should come up. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality... Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. We'll just spend a few minutes, bow our heads, and uh, if the Lord's speaking to you. No. There's a lot there, but actually, it's quite important. We go through that. I warn you, as I warned you before, said Paul, that these things that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with all its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Full stop. When I was in my early teens, um, I went to a Church of England cipher youth group and um, the leaders decided that we were going to look at this passage, uh, and each of us would take one of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit and, and do a talk on that. So over a nine-week period, we looked at each one of them, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and I was left with the last one. don't know quite why, whether they were ganging up on me, whether they just felt I really needed to study this. I looked at self-control, 
Uh, so I had to do a whole week uh, and talk to, to my friends, my peers, um, about self-control. And as a, a young teenager growing up in the, in the uh, mid-70s, uh, that was quite a challenge. Um, many years later, it's still quite a challenge. <laughs> um, but there's so much just in that verse um, that we could spend a long time. You know, there's, there's nine different sermons there to start. And so even if I just took half an hour, which wouldn't be enough going for each one, uh, that's four and a half hours, then maybe half an hour to, to round up. So, you know, I could easily do a five-hour sermon. So if you're free till about five o'clock this afternoon, um, we could get a lot out of it. Well, as you'll be pleased to know, I'm not going to go through in, in that depth. But there is so much in here. Um, but what we're going to look at this morning, really, is, is uh, initially a, a contrast between um, some of these verses. So we'll be looking at a contrast between um, what Paul calls the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. So looking at, initially, the works of the flesh, what, what does that mean? It's interesting, the words that, that Paul uses. You know, it's, it's the works of the flesh. It's what the, the flesh produces in us. It's the outworking of a fleshly attitude. It's the outworking of a fleshly life. And if we look at that list, it's, it's quite, uh, quite scary in some ways, quite, quite heavy. Uh, but actually, we look at that list, and that is what the world is like, isn't it? We look around us. And it was the same in Paul's time, so very little has changed. You know, we look at the world and we see all these works being evident in the world. Uh, and many of them are accepted. You know, some people may say, oh, that's not a very nice thing, they're not positive things. But actually, a lot of them are accepted. You know, that's how people live, that's the way the world lives. That's the values that the world thinks, yeah, this is good because this is how we have fun. These are things that are good for us. You know, we love going out and getting drunk and, and, and doing all these things that that Paul describes as works of the flesh. And that is a result of the worldly, fleshly uh, dominion in our lives. And these things Paul is warning us against. Um, so what are these works of the flesh? Well, and firstly, it's work against the Holy Spirit. Verse 17 says very clearly, uh, Paul says, it is against the desires of the flesh or against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. There is a conflict between what the world holds as its values and holds as acceptable with what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our life. You know, there is a conflict, and we live in that conflict, don't we? We live in the world. We have that constant tension. We're living in the world surrounded by the values of the world, surrounded by everything we watch, everything we hear about, what people talk about at work, what, what we listen to. Uh, it's so often surround, centred on the works of the flesh the desires, the passions that people are so hung up about. So there is a conflict with how we know God wants us to live a different way. So, and these, these things keep us from doing things that we know we want to do, our godly desire. The Holy Spirit is in us, produces a godly desire. We want to do good. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to live the way that God wants us to live. But we are in this constant tension and battle uh, with everything that's surrounding us and quite often bombarding us. You know, we sit down to relax and we want to watch something nice on the television. Think, oh, that's, that's, bit, that's a popular series. A lot of people have, have talked about that. And actually, suddenly, you're bombarded by things. Uh, we can't separate ourselves totally, but actually, we feel that conflict, that there is a, a, a battle between what the world is pushing at us and what we know the Holy Spirit wants to 
bring in our lives. And it does create a barrier between us and God. Sin separates. You know, we know that right from the beginning. It's sin that creates a barrier between us and God. God doesn't move away. But when we sin, it creates a barrier in our life that blocks the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And the more we get into that, and the more we go down that route, the further we can feel away from God. But actually, God is there, it's us that's putting barriers. And a lot of these things are barriers between us and God. And if we get caught up with them, if we indulge in them, if, if they become the focus of our life, then we are just creating more and more barrier between us and God. We can't feel God's love. We think God's distant. We don't feel you know, as excited about God as we used to. Uh, we don't feel that God's speaking to us. We don't feel God's moving in our lives. He's not hearing us. But actually, what's happened? What's changed? And quite often, it's because we have put barriers. We've allowed things to come in, to creep in from the world that have separated us from God. It stops us becoming a kingdom people. At the end of the day, we can't live in both camps. Joshua challenged the Israelites and he said, choose this day who you will serve. Are you going to serve God? Or are you going to go the way of the world? And then Joshua declared, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Are we going to stand and make that declaration for our lives, over our families? As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. So let's have a look at the, the fruit of the Spirit. The first thing really I think is important and I, I want to get over to us is it's, not what, it's one fruit. We're not talking about nine different fruits. Um, quite often, you know, there's, there's a lovely picture which I know is, is helpful and quite often we, we use it with children to try and illustrate this. Of a, a lovely tree and the tree's got lots of different fruits and all the fruits are called love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Faithfulness, self-control, they're all there as different fruits. And, and that's, a, that's a good picture because it, it, it shows us. But actually there's a danger in a lot of these pictures in, in taking them a little bit too far and too literally in that we actually then think, okay, it's nine different fruits that, you know, it'd be good to have some of them. Uh, love, yeah, I, I want to I get more love in my life. Yeah, I'll, I'll work towards that one. Joy, yeah, that's good to have. Uh, patience, nah, not, not, not so much. I'll, I'll leave that one. Uh, self-control, well, that's, that's not going to happen, is it? We, we, can pick, we can't pick and choose. This is one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We don't get to pick and choose. That is what the Spirit wants to produce in our life. And if that is... Uh, it's interesting, these characters, it says there's no law against these. These are things that are evident in the world, and you can't legislate against love. You can't... Nobody, you know, even the toughest regime can't stop you loving somebody. They can't stop you being joyful. They can persecute you, but they can't stop you being joyful. They can't stop you uh, developing these, these lovely characteristics and attributes in your life. So they are, there is a, a sense where there is a common grace that these are things that God uh, brings out in everybody's life. They're good characteristics. They're good things to have. We love to see examples around the world or in our lives and our friends of when these things are being displayed, you know, people being kind to each other, people being gentle, People being joyful, uh, people having a sense of peace. We, we, we hold those things high. They're good, and we want to see them in the world. So there is a sense in which these things are 
Um, it's common grace, it's, it's there for everybody. But actually here, Paul is, is challenging us that this is a fruit of the Spirit, and all these attributes will become more and more evident in our lives against the works of the flesh. You know, it is a contrast, it is a, it is a battle that we are in. And are we going to follow the desires of the flesh? Or are we going to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our life? And as Christians, Paul is challenging us, and Jesus wants to challenge us this morning, that we get serious and seek the Holy Spirit so that these attributes will come more evident in our life. So we have one fruit, we don't choose. All this should be evident in our life. Secondly, the fruit of the Spirit is evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in our life. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us develop. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us grow. The Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that will do this work in us. It's not something we do on our own. Um, we'll look at it in a minute. But yeah, it's, it's not something we can generate ourselves. We can't work up and build these things into our lives in our own effort. We can do a little bit. We can try and be nice and kind. We can try and be self-controlled. But as a teenager, I found actually it's very difficult trying to be self-controlled uh, when you're growing up in a world that's full of things that are battling against you. Uh, without the Holy Spirit, we can't do it. We'll fail. We'll keep getting it wrong. And then we get convicted, and then we feel guilty, and then it just gets worse. Actually, we need to come to a point where we realise, yes, this is our desire. We want to grow more like Jesus. We want the fruit of the Spirit evident in our life. But actually, without the power of the Spirit, we can't do it on our own. So we're thankful that God has given us his Holy Spirit, that we can be more like Jesus. So it shows that yeah, we are becoming more like Jesus. These, the, all these characteristics, you look at them, uh, and they describe Jesus, don't they? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's Jesus. He displayed all of those attributes in abundance and in a perfect way. And the Holy Spirit's work in our life is that we become more like Jesus. So that we do display these things in our lives. They're evidence in our lives. They're evidence of what God's doing in our life. And our goal is that we become more like Jesus. And it shows... Yep, that, we are, that we belong to Christ because we're becoming more like him and that we are a kingdom people. When these things are evident in our life, in our lives together, in our relationships, in how we communicate to each other, in how we respond to people inside and outside the church, how we react to things, it shows that we're kingdom people because this is the focus, this is the goal, that Jesus wants us to become more like him. He wants us to demonstrate these in our lives together. Right, so displaying the fruit of the Spirit is evidence that we are his kingdom people. So how can we grow in the fruit of the Spirit? Well, first of all, Paul says that we should live by the Spirit. That means surrendering every part of our lives to Jesus. As I said, you know, people in the world want to display some of the attributes and they'll try and some people do it better than others. There are many non-Christians that I say will be further along than I am in, in some of these things. They're, they're very loving people, they're very kind people. Um, but actually they're doing it in their own strength, they're doing it in works. 
uh, and that's not going to produce a lasting fruit. Um, if we want to display the fruit of the Spirit in our life, um, then we need to live by the Spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in every area of our life. Um, that's by us consciously surrendering ourselves, consciously handing over areas of our life to the Holy Spirit, allowing him to work, realising that we don't do it in our own strength, realising that it's not by works, it's not how good we are, it's not how good we can appear to be. You know, we can appear to go and do good things and people will say, oh, isn't that good, isn't that nice, what a wonderful person. That's not what Paul's talking about here. The fruit of the Spirit is something that's deep in us that will be evident just because we are living in the Spirit. And the more we allow God's Holy Spirit to work in our lives, the more evident that's going to become. Paul says we also need to keep in step by the, with the Spirit. What does that mean? It means continue daily, hourly, minute by minute, walking in step with the Spirit. We can't be passive in this. We can't just sit down and say, okay, I can't do it. Holy Spirit, just come and do it. Just do the work. Finish it off with me and then I'll be good. Actually, we are called to walk daily with Jesus. And we can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Being in step with somebody means that you're keeping up with them. means that you're walking in tandem. means that you are uh, in the same footprints as the person that you're keeping in step with. You're walking together. You're not rushing ahead. You're not lagging behind. And the Holy Spirit will go at our pace. So it's up to us to keep moving forward. If we're willing to move forward in our lives, if we're willing to consciously be seeking God, be praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help us, if we're willing to consciously do that, the Holy Spirit will lead us. He's promised that. But we need to keep in step, which means we need to be proactive. We need to actually go out and start it. We don't sit on the side and say, yep, when you're done, Holy Spirit, I'm there. No, he wants to lead us forward. He wants to bring us on. So we need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Now Paul says we need to crucify our fleshly passions and desires. Jesus called and said, come to me. If you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. What does that mean for us in our lives? Well, we know that Jesus was obedient to the Father. He took up his cross in a literal way. He died that our sins could be forgiven and that we could follow him and live in the goodness of Jesus' work on the cross. We can be forgiven. We can have a relationship again with God because of what Jesus has done. But he's called us to follow him. And that means he's called us to take up our cross, to deny ourselves. I think Jesus... Yes, sometimes they do look appealing. Sometimes they do look nice. You know, as a, as a teenager, a lot of these things looked appealing. I thought, actually, that looks quite all right. That looks quite fun. A lot more fun than I think to be having here. But actually, that's, that's the lure, isn't it? That's the lure, that's the lie that the world would portray, that these things are good, these things are fun. What we have over here isn't fun, it's boring, it's dull. But actually, we need to deny that. And sometimes we do need to stand up against those things and say, no. I'm not going to follow the desires of the flesh. I'm not going to follow the way of the world. I'm not going to do what everybody else does. I've chosen to deny that and follow Jesus. So by taking up our cross, we're laying those things down. We're crucifying them with Jesus. We're saying, actually, I don't want that life anymore. You know, it's wonderful when we baptise people as a, as a picture of what Jesus has done in their lives. And it's them making that response and saying, I'm leaving everything behind. 
on following Jesus. That's what Jesus calls us to do. Deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. And by doing that, we'll be more and more like him. We're not to become conceited or envious, Paul says at the end in verse 26. In some ways, we're, we're no better than uh, people in the world. We're not better because of who we are or how much effort we do. You know, we are the same as everyone. We are fallen sinners. The only difference is that we have acknowledged that we've called upon Jesus. He's come, forgiven us our sins, and we have developed a relationship with him. And so we need to understand that it is purely Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We've been singing this morning, haven't we? We've been talking this morning that, you know, it's about what Jesus has done for us. It's about God's work in our life through Jesus. You know, it's nothing that we've done. We don't earn it. We don't own it. And we don't do it on our own strength. It's purely because what Jesus has done for us. It's God's gift to us. Jesus' death has enabled us to be set free. And it's through Jesus' death and resurrection that we can be set free and have that relationship with him. And the work of the Holy Spirit starts in us and continues in us. And we need to live it in the good of that. And then I think the other important thing is we need to encourage and help each other. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. It says, therefore, encourage one another. Build one another up, just as you are doing. But it's an ongoing, continuous thing. That's why we gather together as church. Yeah, we could sit on our own and just spend time with the Holy Spirit and, and hopefully things will get better, but actually that's not what God called us to do. He didn't call us into isolation. He called us to be a part of his body. And he's brought us together here to be a part of his body in Crawley. Now, in a sense, it doesn't matter which part of the body we go to or we belong to. You know, there's many great churches in the town. There's many great churches all around and we can join with them and be one with them. That's lovely. But actually, God's called us here to Crawley Community Church. He's called us to be a part of this. This is the body he's called us to. We've, we've been here for quite a few years because God's called us here. He hasn't called us somewhere else yet. He's called us to be a part of this fellowship here. And it's important that we are here working together, supporting each other, loving each other, encouraging each other daily. So we gather together and we worship and it's been wonderful. We hear words from God. We encourage each other with scriptures. We open up the word and encourage each other and, and help each other. And we need to continue to do that. Um, but an important way, and it may not surprise you that I, I'm passionate about this, an important way we do that is through our small groups. They are the places where actually we work out these things on a day-to-day -day basis. As we gather together in the week, as we talk with those people that we're, we're, we're together with, uh, we can encourage each other. We can support each other. We can challenge each other. We can talk about the, the detail of our lives in a way that we can't do on a Sunday morning. We get to know each other a little bit. We open up. We share things in, in socialising, in, in looking at the Word together, in praying together. It's an opportunity in our small groups to really grow and to get to grips with what some of this stuff means. And that's the day-to-day -day challenge that I believe God's put on us. That's why we have small groups in this church. Obviously, we're coming to a time where um, our small groups are, are growing and changing, and the new, new small groups are going to be launched uh, in September. Uh, so I hope you're all getting excited about that. We're excited. Um, the information will be out very soon. Um, hopefully, next week, we'll have the information on the new small groups. Uh, and I'd really ask you to 
get excited about it, to really look uh, and, and ask God where he wants you to be. Uh, because the small group is really fundamental to everything we do in this church. Yes, we can just come along on a Sunday and it's great to gather together, to worship God together. But it's in the small groups that things like this are worked out, where we can encourage one another, we can support one another. We can work out how we put this into practice. We can work out how we can share this with uh, one another and with our friends outside the church. You know, how can we portray these? How can we get these things over? How can we talk to people in these ways? That's, it's the small groups where we do that. Uh, they're there for us to encourage and build each other up. They're there for us to grow as disciples together as a, ch- as a church body. It's in the small groups that these are worked out. And so as we look over the next few weeks, the, the information comes out next week, uh, have a look through there. And I challenge you, please be serious, be, be um, very specific, be very uh, determined that actually, you know, it, it's not always easy getting along to small groups. It's not always easy to commit to something like that. But I want to challenge you. And I think as, as a church, we want to challenge you that actually we need to all be a part of a small group. Um, now, I know there are practicalities and sometimes you can't get along to, to various meetings. You can't get along to your small group every week, you know, whether it's work, whether it's childcare, whether it's all sorts of issues can stop us from, from, from getting there. In a sense, that's not, that's not the, the important thing. The important thing is that we belong. And so it's good for us to find a small group where we can belong. It's good for us to find a group of people that we can connect with. So even if we aren't there, we know there are people that I can pray for because I'm connected in a group with them. There are people that are going to pray for me, people that hopefully will connect with me during the week, that will encourage me, will bless me, will challenge me and stir me. So even you know, whatever challenges we have, hopefully there's going to be a group that's, that you'll be able to fit into. And please come and talk to us if, if you're struggling with this or if you're not quite sure. Um, you know, there's a good selection of groups that we're going to be launching in September. Uh, we'll have a few weeks with the information to look at that. The, um, the sign-up is going to be open, I believe, from uh, next Sunday or, or very soon after. And we're looking to launch the small groups at the beginning of September. Um, so not long, but enough time for us to look at that. Um, but please do take it seriously, because actually that is where we work this stuff out. You know, it's very easy for us you know, in, in our everyday lives to get caught up with the way of the world. Uh, it's the works of the flesh that can bring us down, the works of the flesh that can hinder us, can stop us from serving and growing to be more like Jesus. But actually when we gather together on a Sunday or in our small groups, these are the times when we need to uh, sharpen ourselves, we need to encourage one another, we need to receive from God. We've had some wonderful words this morning and hopefully are encouraging. Uh, we have opportunities to come and share together. We have opportunities to pray for one another on a Sunday, but also that's what worked out in, in small groups. So let's be, um, let's be determined. Let's be very uh, specific in our passion, in our desire. Let's commit to growing more and more like Jesus. Let's commit to walking step by step with the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. Let's be very specific and determined that we are going to encourage one another in whatever situation we can. We're going to get alongside people that are struggling and help them to walk step by step with us, with the Holy Spirit. We're going to rejoice when people are rejoicing and and celebrate. We're going to put our arm around people when they're struggling or or suffering. We're going to pray for one another. That's what we do because that's what God has called us to do. We're here as a body because God has called us to be his people here on earth. And he wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. He wants us to grow the fruit of the Spirit in our life. 
He wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to be victorious. And that's what we want to be. We want to be his victorious and glorious church. And together, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of what Jesus has done for us, and in the glory of God, as a body of people together, that's who we are. That's what we are going to become. And we're moving forward in that. So let's be encouraged. Let's encourage one another. Um, I'd like to invite the, the band just to come up again, if you may. And, yeah, it's good as we gather together in small groups to pray for each other, but it's good to come and to be prayed for this morning. If, if you feel stirred and challenged, if you're in that position where you're thinking, yeah, I really want to take this seriously, I want to move in step with the Holy Spirit, I invite you to come forward. Let's, we'd love to pray for you. There's plenty of people here that will pray for you. Um, God is calling us on a mission. God is calling us to be his people, holy and anointed, set apart for him. We have a mission to reach the people of Crawley. We have a mission to take his gospel, his good news, out to the world. But we can only do that in his power. So as the, as the band just leads us to worship at the end here, I'd invite you to come forward and receive prayer if you want to, or gather together, just go and pray for somebody else, to encourage them, to support them, to lift them up. Uh, let's walk together in the step of the Holy Spirit. Let's listen to what he's got for us and pursue his holiness, his righteousness, his fruit in our lives. Amen.